From The Ringer, I'm Tyler R. Times. When I spoke to NFL star Cam Newton in January, his mindset was clear. I want my whole career to be in Charlotte. Cam won't be getting that wish. He was released by the Carolina Panthers in March. Cam is a complex figure, and my interest in him goes far beyond his exuberant smile and transcendent style of play. Cam broke the glass ceiling in American athletics, ascending to a place in the sport that few black quarterbacks have ever reached, making his fall that much more dramatic. Over the past year, I've traveled the country speaking to coaches and teammates, friends and family, reporters, and even briefly to the man himself, trying to unravel the enigma that is Cam Newton. I uncover contradictions at every turn. How can the hardest worker on the team be depicted as a bad leader? And how can a franchise icon with an NFL MVP and Super Bowl appearance on his resume be so abruptly cast aside? The Ringer NFL Show presents The Cam Chronicles. The series premieres Monday, July 13th. What's going on, Jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. Gross Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Long. The king of sad stop. The Silver Lake heartthrob. It's Troy Kirby. It's Nick Mundy. This is your real WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar, Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. Zach Linder. Dan Black, a.k.a. the Gufaraja. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening. You're listening to. You're listening to. You are listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to the Masked Man Show. 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 Welcome to the Masked Man Show. We're back. We're back. And I'm not alone. Uh, Jim's somewhere. But more importantly, right in front of me on Zoom is uh, is Kaz, Kazim Famuide. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good, Dave. Long time no see. How you been, bro? I've, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I'm glad to like sit down with a clear head, catch up on some wrestling. Uh, we, yeah. were just, we were just talking before we got on about how it's it's harder to keep up right now. But I think that's, you know, it's 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 a whole different world. We've said it a billion times. Wrestling without an audience is not the same stuff we're used to. And no. also the world we live in is weird. That's pertinent right now because uh, news just broke that, that SummerSlam is going to be at the Performance Center. Not a big surprise, but that's still big news. Now, before we get into it, I got to tell everybody who's listening to this, uh, we're going to talk about Fighter Fest and Great American Bash on the show. We're going to talk about Heath Slater and uh, WWE using uh, real-life firings and storyline and... Uh, Kaz is going to ask the question about is uh, of uh, is Sasha Banks the next Becky Lynch, and I'm going to yes. ask him what he means by that. But before we get to all that good stuff, let's talk SummerSlam. It's uh, like I said, not a shock to anyone that's been paying attention to the world that we live in, uh, and yet, man, when they canceled WrestleMania or when they put moved WrestleMania to the Performance Center. Uh, it would have. It was kind of hard to. It would have been hard to imagine at that point that we would have been moving SummerSlam too, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, at that point, you kind of felt that uh, this would be sort of temporary. 
and you felt like, okay, by August, at least they'll sort of figure it out. But the fact that not only have they not figured it out, but Florida is now like the hotbed for this pandemic that's kind of taken over the entire country. Um, it's, it's, it's a drag, man. Like, I feel like, you know, they could have taken a number out of AEW's book about like having an open air sort of, um, SummerSlam, whether that's on the beach, whether that's, uh, at a stadium, like in the parking lot, which, which they do in Jacksonville. Like, I feel like there were definitely opportunities to kind of give it more of a summer vibe, but I understand, man. Like, why, why run the risk? Why, why run up the cost and you already have perfectly good performance center that you've done uh, a bunch of pay-per-views at. And that doesn't mean that there won't be some sort of like summer or outdoor themed matches, you know what I mean? During the years, like I feel like they've been doing really good with these, uh, these cinematic matches. Some have been really good and others have been not good at all. (laughs) Like a lot of, some of them have been trash. Most of them have been trash actually, but there's been like a handful of them. That's been really fun to watch, but you know, SummerSlam is their biggest pay-per-view not named WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, compared to Royal Rumble, you know, that kind of leads up to the event. Like, SummerSlam always was kind of my uh, my, my lollipop to kind of get me to dinner. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Which is WrestleMania. Like, SummerSlam is usually like the halfway point. Okay, we got here. It's summer. Well, uh, this is going to set us up for the rest of the year. And then, like, at the end of the year, you start that road to WrestleMania. Well, SummerSlam, you know, I've said a million times, SummerSlam is WrestleMania for for the for the people like us, right? I mean, it always yes. had like the it always had the more like the 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 smart markier matches, you know, the work rate stuff, the guys and girls that we wanted to see like put on the you know put up on the top, like they made it to the top. There weren't the veterans all the time coming back. It was a better. It was more for people like us. Yeah. SummerSlam is like SummerSlam is like Hamilton being on Disney Plus, right? Where <laughs> yeah. you know, if you're if you're a hardcore fan, oh, you, we would have saw this in theaters. We would have yeah. we would have watched it back then. But now that everyone can see it, it's like, oh, we're the theater geeks telling people like, yes, this is great stuff. Yeah. You should have saw when it was in theaters. <laughs> Just seen it when it was in like the the the, the National Guard Armory down the street. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the so, but the other big thing about SummerSlam is. That it's all it, it's and you used to work for WWE. So you, you, I mean, obviously you know this. It's sort of WWE's yeah. like uh, media pay per view, right? It's like they were yeah. do they were doing it in LA for so long, so that because like every year they would have you know e entertainment like red carpets and stuff, and like they would just do big um, big charity gala things where they could, like just get a lot of cameras, get a lot of media attention out there, you yeah. know. And they they're right in Hollywood and everything else, and they've done it in New York, and it's always big cities. Because they want that that big mainstream media push, and this is about as far from that as you can get. In that sense, this is almost like you know going to be further away from where they normally are than WrestleMania. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I worked I worked at SummerSlam two summers ago uh, in Barclays Center, and that was like a complete sprint, not just for the writers, but for the talent. You know, like you get there pretty early because that Thursday or Friday there's a whole bunch of like like you said lots of media availability and it's in Brooklyn New York so there's a lot going on there then there's NXT takeover and then there's uh the actual SummerSlam and then there's Raw and at the time it'd be smacked out on Tuesday so those were like long long sprints now how that kind of factors into like the grand picture of what makes the whole WWE machine work is that SummerSlam is almost like kind of and it's almost like putting your nuts on the table 
You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> when when you're coming when you're in the WWE or when you're somebody who's in charge there that kind of put these events together. SummerSlam is like, oh, you don't even you don't even know what we got planned for WrestleMania. It's like watch watch what we do in the summer. Like watch our August thing. It's, it's the biggest party in the summer. So every year they'll always have like either a big celebrity crossover, right? Mm-hmm. Like at one point it was like John Stewart's and a couple yeah. of times they'll have like rappers or bands and stuff like that. And now, you know, you, you got it in the performance center and obviously it's, it's the sign of the times, man. And it sucks because I forgot who said it and forgive me for, uh, not quoting the right person with this, but you know, sports are, uh, uh sports are a, a gift to a well-functioning society, right? Like you can enjoy sports and everything that comes with it. If society itself is, is working good and everybody's having a good time for the most part, you know what I mean? Like you're the only time, anytime you watch ESPN now or watch any sports network, they're saying, Oh, this is the first time such and such has been canceled since World War II because that's when society wasn't really functioning the best. Dude. Um, so it's, it's been, it's, it's going to be weird, man. Like I don't know if. It's going to be just, it's going to feel just like another pay-per-view, just like another special, another, you know, WWE network, you know, events that, you know, unless they go all in as far as these cinematic matches, which I've been really hitting this lately, I don't know what's going to really differentiate SummerSlam from WrestleMania. You know, I try not to be my own dad to my 11 year old, but like I find myself about twice a month. Just trying to like grab them by the shoulders and say like, listen, you don't understand. This is the craziest period of your life that will that you'll ever yeah. have. Like, like, like when, when like the worst like national international tragedies have happened in my lifetime, and they canceled school for an afternoon. Right. You know, like it's not like the, the idea that you would have a year off school is like there's not a war. There's nothing that could make that it's, happen. It's you know, I mean, it's, it's so wild. It's, it's terrifying, yeah. man. Like I, and. And I've always, you know, we're all kind of like naive a little bit as far as like, you know, growing up and, and watching politics. You always have that little voice in the back of your head where it's like, was it always this bad? Like, has it ever been this bad? Like, is it, has, it, has the world and especially this country has always ever been this screwy? Has it, has, we all, humans have this thing where the absolute worst thing can happen. And we could find our way to sort of like normalize it mm-hmm. just so, just as kind of like a, a way to live, right? Because if you sit there and think about just how crazy this is every single day, you, you'll go nuts. So, yeah, I mean, the fact you got kids, right? And, and I, I, gosh, God bless you, man. Because uh, right now, the teachers and stuff, and 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 not knowing <laughs> when you're gonna go back to school. Like, I have absolutely so nothing crazy. but the utmost respect for all parents and teachers right now because I'd be going nuts knowing that, you know. You, but I don't know when the, when the next time you're going to be able to have more than 20 people in a room, 30 people in a room, like legally, yeah. you know, safely. Well, and that and that brings us back to the pro wrestling side of it, which is, well, first of all, you mentioned the cinematic stuff, and I guess they will lean into yeah. it. Although, you know, it, it remains to be seen what the matches, you know, what matches will lend themselves to that. Obviously, the next pay-per-view we have coming up on the WWE side is... Uh, is extreme rules well uh, sorry the house of horror what is it it's called the, the, horror the, the, show. Horror show the horror show and extreme show. rules <laughs> i love putting the horror show at ex- the horror show i keep trying to call it extreme rules horror show like in your house colon whatever <laughs> but the hor- the horror show at extreme rules makes it sound like the venue the venue underneath the venue you know it's like the it's like 
Oh, you're playing like oh, you're playing at Madison Square Garden. No, no, we're playing we're it like theater. we're playing at <laughs> the theater at Madison Square Garden. Uh, but the but the horror show at Extreme Rules is obviously the name, and we know we're gonna get we know we're gonna get a Wyatt Swamp fight, which will be which has the potential to be great. Right. We they just announced they're gonna have Seth Rollins versus Rey Mysterio in a match that appears to literally be it literally ends when someone's eye gets pulled out. So. I can only assume that's going to be a cinematic match. You're, but you're right. All in all, we're leaning into this sort of cinematic world. But they can't, they 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 can't do it for every match, or they have they've decided. You know, they don't seem like they want to do it for every match. Yeah. And you and you just said we can't have twenty people in a room. I know this is a conversation that we've had on the show a lot. Everyone listening, to this has had this conversation a million times. But I am just like fully convicted of this. Like I I could not be more. Uh, with every passing week, I get more used to what I'm seeing on TV, but at the same time, I become more convinced that wrestling just isn't wrestling without a crowd. Like it's not even it's not even like oh, do you like it without a crowd? Does it is it does it how does it feel without a crowd? It's like it's like in, if 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 they just instead of wrestling matches, they just had the guys run races. Like it's that much different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like the crowd, the crowd is an equal participant in the match, and it would be, and it just, it's just not the same sport. Well, it's I'll not the same this. event. I have, I have a different sort of like perspective on that. For the first couple of months, I was team no crowd. I was yeah. team like you know what? A lot of times you'll go to shows and you'll go to events, and the crowd will try so hard to get themselves over. Oh, that yeah. it automatically just draws out so much of the creativity and quality that goes to the show. Now, does that lend itself to maybe these performers need to be better and working with a live crowd? Maybe, um, you know, some, some creativity needs to be pulled back from the writer and given more to the performer. It could definitely lend itself to both of those thoughts. But I think without a crowd, we've seen so much more character development. From a mm-hmm. lot of these characters, people like Oscar, who couldn't get a promo off six months ago yeah. or a year ago because everybody would say what, or everybody would have something smart to say about her her accent. Now I think it was, you know, guys like Seth Rollins, who has always been a pretty good mic man, but the quality of his work has gotten better because he doesn't have to yell everything. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like a lot of his stuff, especially when you're that maniacal sort of like um, yeah. weird evangelistical pastor thing that he's kind of doing right now you gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta speak it you don't yell it you gotta talk it so people can hear you you gotta be able to change your pitch and tone and that's just something you can't really do with forty thousand people in the, in the in the stadium or ten thousand whatever but now i'm at the point where there's been so many great moments since the pandemic started that it almost it's i feel cheated out of not having or not being able to see crowds react to these moments right and, and seeing performers react to these moments so now i'm starting to lean it back and just like all right man like even if okay like the performance center trainees at nxt like and during raw and smackdown like okay that's kind of that's 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 weaned me off of having no crowd that's a little yeah. better right but now it's just like ugh. Gosh, you, you read about these things and, 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 the, and the corona test and have to wear masks and all this stuff. It just doesn't feel good to watch. Like, it just doesn't yeah. feel as it's not what I fell in love with. It's not the type of uh, content that I enjoy watching or making or any of that type of stuff. Like, you live 
for that adrenaline rush of the crowd. You live for that crowd reaction. You live for the laughs and the cheers and the boos and all that type of stuff. That's the stuff that keeps you going, you know, down the road. And not having that now, I mean, it's it's a bummer, man. Like I can't, yeah. I can't, I can't really. It, that's it's been hard. I've, I've actually taken a couple of weeks, and I, we were talking about this before we got on the, on the air. For the first time, probably in my adult life, or maybe since I was like in high school, I just voluntarily didn't watch Raw and SmackDown for like two or three weeks, just because everything was just so there was there was nothing enjoyable to take away from it. There was nothing good, like, there was nothing that made me want to continue watching or supporting or listening, because not only was the content just not good, and the shows were just kind of dragging, like, there was not even the, there wasn't even the small, hopeful variable of those live crowds to make something out of nothing, you know what I mean? Like, so you always That's feel just like it. you're watching the same thing over and over again. That yeah, that you need the. I mean, just the, just the yeah, the 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 variables that the crowd introduces. You know, I mean, just to make it. Uh, I mean, just so you you get a little bit of that that hint of the unexpected, or really, I mean, I guess in the in the modern era, the internet era, we don't get surprised anymore. At least yeah. not like we used to. You know, it's hard. It's hard to. I mean, we never, almost never get surprised by people new employees showing up. You, you, I mean, it's it's even hard to get. Surprised. What was the last thing that surprised you? Uh, the last, well, I mean, I, surprises, you know, is, is a sliding scale, but the last time, I mean, honestly, what the last time that we got like a, I mean, was the last time that we got like a holy shit moment, like appearance, was that AJ? Was it AJ's debut? Even though we knew there'd been rumors that he was signed, that was a huge moment, right? Yeah. Yeah. I uh, mean, <clears throat> I would say like, that I would say, I mean, I would say Shinsuke, but there was like, you know, promos leading up to his signing and they kind of knew he was coming, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I would say I would say probably AJ Styles because they they, they really mean, kind of undersold it and just popped him in in the Royal Rumble. You know what I mean? So like we, that was something. like I mean, listen, we didn't know when FTR was going to show up in AEW, right? Um, but they just sort of I mean, but it wasn't like a total shock, and there's no crowd there, you know? I mean, whatever. So it's like it's yeah. hard to it's hard. I mean, it it did sort of feel like I mean, it felt like I was watching like old NWA tapes or something with just like guys <laughs> showing up, and it's just like oh, I guess they just signed the Freebirds, you know, right. like whatever. But like, um, but. But it, I mean that was cool. I mean, and Shane McMahon coming back had it was probably the last time you were just like totally floored. Maybe I mean you know what I had I had that feeling for a couple of like Undertaker returns, mm. you know, like along the way. Even just with that, not not when you we didn't know he was going to come back. But oh, like, I'm tripping. Made, Edge, Edge got me. Edge got me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, you know, <laughs> Edge, Edge was Edge was big. I, I I got tipped off to Edge and and uh and so maybe that was but he but his but that was such a big deal. You're right. You're right. I mean there there are definitely times, but the, but the the point I'm trying to make is even like we don't personnel we barely ever get surprised anymore. We almost never get surprised by like heel turns anymore. You know, yeah. like there's always rumors floating around or they're getting they're getting pushed that way by the crowd or whatever. And the crowd itself just I mean and I hate it when the crowd tries to get itself over as much as the next guy, but just the fact that the crowd might start a chant that gets a reaction that like it, they, the way they interplay with the match, the way that they approve, you know, approve or disapprove of what's going on in the, in the ring, that little potential for very, for variance. That's, that's interesting. And yeah. it's, it's it. Wrestling is unlike all the other sports. Wrestling can continue without an audience, but unlike all the other sports, like you don't need an audience to watch an NBA game. Like right. it's it's not going to be that much different for you. Right. Uh, right. Football maybe a little bit, but not really. You know, and 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 
and you know wrestling is wrestling just needs it more despite being able the show can go on because wrestling anyway, is more performance i mean like outside of outside it. of all the athletic you know attributes that comes with being a professional wrestler like it's like putting on a Broadway play with nobody in the crowd, you know, like it's, it's yeah. definitely just, of course there's going to be. It's a, the same reason why all those plays that you read in school when you read Shakespeare, why it was like boring as shit. And then you see it on stage and you're like, Oh, wow. okay. Like now it makes it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, like you could read, like you could do like a table read of like Hamilton and you're like, you know, senior drama class, but it's not going to be fun. Like it is like watching it on Disney plus or like watching not. it live in concert. Of you need not. the crowd there. Anyway, enough talking about this thing we've talked about before because we'll talk about it again um listen we we mentioned uh we we mentioned um pay-per-views and everything that's going on we we have to talk about the fact there's two competing pay-per-view suit not pay-per-views but but two competing events going on fighter fest yeah aew's fighter fest wwe's great or nxt's great american bash Hunter finally came out and said the thing that we all knew to be true, which is, yes, this is deliberate counter-programming. This is healthy competition. And hell, at a moment like this, we need this. We need this tension. You know, we need, like, it makes it so, it makes it so much more fun. And this is like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure someone else has said this, but it's like when you go to a, you know, PWG, like weekend show or like, like Bola or whatever, like whenever like a good indie has like, or, or new Japan has like a, has a tournament as a multi-day thing. It's like, it's more about what you see in the ring than it is about the storylines, but we're going to get some storylines over at the same time. And both of these NXT and AEW, AEW in particular have the talent to just like get two nights of wrestling over as like a semi main, I mean, a, a semi pay-per-view show. And it's so much fun. I can't imagine it's just so weird, I guess. I guess what I'm trying to say is the distinction between seeing an eight-man tag where it's like just like two two tag teams versus two tag teams on Fighter Fest versus seeing that on like Monday Night Raw. Like my anticipation is just so yeah, much higher yeah. on Fighter Fest, and it's not just <laughs> not just because these are like such great workers, you know. I mean, it's like it's just it's nuts. What, what what's what was your what was your highlight of like week one, and what are you looking forward to now? Well, week one of uh, I'll talk uh, NXT Great American Bash first. Uh, I thought Sa- I thought Sasha Banks and Io Shirai put on like one of the best women's matches I've ever seen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and in a weird way, like I've still kind of always slept on Io for for a minute. Like, I, I know she's incredibly talented in the ring, but like mm-hmm. now I'm really starting to get her. You know what I mean? Like, and her act, and I think she has a cold ass entrance. I think her entrance music is fire. And I, I'm starting to love this certain subtle four horse women versus like this Japan facing, you know, mm-hmm. women, uh, kind of collective that they're kind of like planting seeds for. I mean, maybe I'm putting the horse before the buggy right now, but I'm seeing, you know, Bailey, Sasha, Charlotte versus Asuka, Io, and Kyrie at, you know, either a SummerSlam or an NXT takeover. Or something like that. Um, but that match was incredible. And, and, and we'll talk about this later in the show, but that's only adding to my, you know, belief that Sasha Banks is going to be like the next huge mainstream star. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? In the WWE. I think Becky Lynch had a year to remember last the past two years, basically being the face of the company. And I think Sasha is getting to that point where, you know, the main event beat out 
AEW's made it. And, and yeah. AEW has been, has been kicking NXT's ass. Like, and, and I haven't been, you know, I'm not anybody that's going to, uh, 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 have any sort of favoritism, I guess, over one promotion over the other. I just like good wrestling wherever you find it. But when it comes to, um, getting those victories with NXT and AEW and just knowing just the, 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 the rate of, the, the, the rate of return that you're getting as far as like having a, a produced show that's taped, that's indoors and everything's controlled. Whereas AEW is starting to bring in fans to do temperature checks and do all that type of stuff to get wins off of that is really, really big. And it really speaks to Sasha Big star power right now. And how she's clicking on everything that she's doing. right Yeah. Mike. We're not, we don't need to separate this out into another segment. So go, go all in on Sasha right now. I, 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 I actually, I hadn't really thought about it till you said yeah. it, but once you said it, I was just like, you know, we've been, I've been trying for like the first, the first month of quarantine every week. I was like, who's, who's, who's getting, who's winning, right. who's winning the quarantine, you know? Right. And it was like, Oscar's a good, uh, was a good one. You mentioned earlier, there's a number of people. I mean, we got MVP is just like yeah. destroying every week now, but that could be the case without the quarantine, but you're right. Sasha, got every opportunity not every opportunity she obviously got got looked skipped a couple of times on opportunities but she got lots of you know she was she, i always said that when she came up from nxt i said that she had the most upside since like the rock yeah. you know in terms of crossover appeal and stuff and you know it's it's uh it's it's seen you know i think i kind of got to the point where i was like okay she is what she is and she's gonna be what she is you know i mean that's it and then and you're right somehow the weirdness of this quarantine it took Two months to kick in, and she's just destroying right now. Yeah, well, well, Sasha, man, and I think a big part of it kind of plays into her relationship with Bailey and us mm -hmm. being NXT nerds and knowing just how phenomenal that NXT takeover Brooklyn match between Sasha and Bailey was because it was mm -hmm. so good. Even though we all know behind the scenes who's friends or not, it was so good. You couldn't really see them being friends on camera. It kind of felt forced. It kind of felt like a little lazy mm -hmm. sometimes, honestly. But now you're seeing the evolution of Bailey and never really knowing, you know, we grew up with Bailey as like the quintessential, like super duper female baby face. I remember people calling her like the female John Cena as far as like, yeah, straight up white meat. Oh my God. Can you even make a baby face like this in the year 20, whatever, 2018, 2019, where you're just the, the, the bleeding heart. You know, I just want to hug people. I hope everything's good. Now she's a, a straight up Karen on, on WWE television that mm -hmm. is, you know, not just feeding off of Sasha, but elevating her as well. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you, I completely forgot how long she's been SmackDown champion, but it's been a, a damn long time that she's held on to that title. Yeah. And I really believe. You know, when we watch Sasha and NXT, and we and the reason why we had so much, you know, the reason why there was so much hype for her was because we saw just how good of a heel that she can be, and how there was literally nobody in the entire company like her. Probably nobody in wrestling like her. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like just as far as being able to have the look, have the, the be able to talk, be able to cross over, be able to work. You know what I mean? Like she's a wrestling like savants you know what i'm saying like so it's rare that you get some of these people who have all the tools came up through the independent scene has the street cred as far as like being able to work and and, and do anything that's possible to in that ring 
And now, not only is she like super famous and has had, you know, all these huge WrestleMania moments, she's being given opportunity to lead the company. Like she is the first and last segment on Raw, the first and last mm-hmm. segment on SmackDown. She's the main event on NXT. Like she's making noise on social media, like playing into the AEW talk, like saying, yeah, we're better than the sex guys. Yeah, we're better than the, the FTR. Like I, I think it's fun. I love the competitiveness between the AEW and NXT uh, and WWE um, talents, man. Like I don't think. I'm not a fan of the high road. I think the high road's boring. I think the high road's whack. And when wrestling wasn't at its best in WWE and WCW days is when they were taking shots at each other every single week. That's why I tuned in. That's why a lot of people tuned in. That's why they sold a Monday Night War uh, docuseries that could, that, that launched an entire network. Yeah. That's why all these things happen. So when, when, when Taz, Throw shots at, at, at COVID testing during promos. I love it. <laughs> when, when, when the Young Bucks are talking about uh, NXT TakeOver's main event, spoiler, getting leaked, I love it. Like, when Sasha Banks is saying, hey, we beat y'all, and you know, you know who the draw is here. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's what I want to see. And her being that person to take NXT over the top in the, in the, in the consecutive weeks and starting to see, like, the higher level of viewership starting to rise up with her. She's everything that I feel like they've wanted Charlotte Flair to be for the past couple of years. That's what I was I was gonna say the same thing. Cause she's gotten in some ways she got Becky's spot, right? I mean, Becky was getting getting all that promo time, opening and closing shows some weeks, like you said, working both shows. Um and then kind of and then in the in the the quarantine era, the COVID era, yeah. Charlotte got the Charlotte was on every show, right? I mean, she was doing the NXT run, she had all that stuff, and then and and that never quite felt like it clicked. And partly that maybe that's because she's just working heel, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit hard, it's a little bit harder to like line up fans to go see a heel get over, right. you know. I mean, it's not and 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 I and it's not but, like but, Charlotte but, ever needed any help getting over, you know what I mean? Like she wins yeah. all the time. Like it's yeah, exactly. It's, it's not it's not interesting, you know, as as great as she is. And Charlotte Flair is is probably at worst a top three women's wrestler ever. You know what I mean? Like she's fantastic. The interest well, there is different with Sasha and Bailey. Yeah, there's something. There's there's a, the will they won't they break up? They kind of have like a female DX thing going on right now, mm-hmm. where one Sean, one's Hunter. They're both equally talented, but you're kind of waiting for that time where it eventually. But heads, or maybe they never bought heads. You know, there's a lot. Well, the, the number of times that they looked like they teased a breakup on TV, going way back, and they never all the, went all the way through with it. You know, I mean, it's it's pretty incredible, yeah. especially if this was like the long term plan. I mean, who knows <laughs> if it's an accident? But that's the way real friendships work, I guess, when you're that in a competitive <laughs> environment. But you, but you're right. I mean, I think Sasha's she's really incredible. I mean, she's a really great performer, and every time. I mean, she's been in our lives for so long now, but like every about, you know, every time I almost start sleeping on her as a worker. Yeah, we get it. We get it. We get a match like we got on NXT last week. Yeah. Right. Where she I mean, her and Io Shirai, who is just I mean, she's just so great. Right. Uh, and 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 and. You know, I, I you, there's still a lot of especially when you go when I mean, this isn't exclusive to women's wrestling, when you're talking about. A, you know, a show like NXT where work rate is such a big deal. 
whether or not the wrestlers can work well together, compatibility ends up being a bigger deal too. So every time you go into a match like that, I'm just like, well, I hope they really click. Yeah. You know, I hope I hope this works out. And man, they clicked. Like it was, it was, it was really, really good. Yeah, and like I, a I, lot of people don't understand that. You know, when you're watching Raw and watching SmackDown, and you're seeing like, oh my God, why do why are we seeing X wrestler versus Y wrestler for the third or fourth or fifth time? Because chemistry is a huge part of what makes a wrestler good. Not a lot of people. Yeah. Some people could literally have good matches with only two or three folks, right? But yeah. when you're working everybody and you're making them all look good and everyone's getting over, that's a special thing. That I've always said championships mm -hmm. and main events aren't the, the, the measurement. It's never been the threshold of what makes wrestlers succeed in the WWE or AEW. It's always been about positioning. Are you opening the show? Are you closing the show? Are you mm. the are you the person that they go to when they're changing from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. because people are changing channels and they want to see what's on if they're flipping channels they're going to see you like are you the person on 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 the cereal box are you the person in the promo package like positioning has always been paramount to championships there's been people who've yeah. been the WWE championship the WWE champion or the women's champion that couldn't get on the market that nobody's coming to see. There is no doubt that when you're turning on any sort of WWE programming right, programming right now, you're tuning in to see Sasha Banks and, and Bill. Yeah. Well, we talked about their tension. They have a little, you know, interpersonal tension. There's different kinds of tension in wrestling, and that's one of the things that keeps me watching. Uh, I, I was, I'm looking at the cards. You know, what we've already seen at the at at Fighter Fest. I, mean, I know a lot of people complain that Kenny Omega has just been working tag team programs forever, but like. The tension, the the inherent tension of how long that's going to last yeah. will keep me watching, and also the fact that him and Adam Page can just go, and the best friends can go too. I mean, but they're but, um, but yeah, I mean, I love, I love, I've gotten to the point where it's just like almost a guilty pleasure watching Kenny do like tag matches because I'm just like, uh, like I, you know, you watch some of his like epic New Japan matches and you you get a little wistful, but it's just th th that's going to come, you know, that's going to happen. He's just like. He's he's setting it up right now. I know he's working a little bit hurt, and 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 he's you know he's he's trying to do different things. But this is that match was really fun. Um, to my knowledge, then, I think I think Kenny's uh, pretty much in charge of the women's division too, right? So he's like yeah. as a producer, I'm sure that takes a lot of of work and and, and attention away from uh, you know being able to throw on another sixty minute New Japan Classic and AEW that everybody's been waiting for. Well, I think AEW's actually been working this to the T, like perfectly. I mean, anybody who doesn't know Kenny Omega, and obviously, if you're watching AEW, it's on Turner, it's a big network. You need to get eyes on people that we recognize, right? So, Young Bucks, you're going to see a lot. Cody, you're going to see a lot. Ambrose, you're gonna, Moxley, you're going to see a lot. Jericho, mm -hmm. you're going to see a lot. But Kenny Omega is still kind of an acquired taste for a lot of mainstream, wrestling fans right even if you're the biggest yeah. the biggest you know wrestling nerd who's watched every ring of honor new japan uh Ed, pro wrestling noah thing that he's been a part of the good thing about him being a tag team competitor is that when he gets in you get the hits you don't get to you don't have to sit through an entire album with him you don't have to sit through like the rest holds and the and the six hours and and the, and the liner notes and, and and seeing who produced it. Like when you get a Kenny Omega tag match, you're going to get the hits. He's going to get the hot tag. 
He's going to come in. He's going to clean house. He's going to throw re-triggers everywhere. He's going to throw swatons everywhere. He's going to hit one-winged angels. Like, you're going to be like, okay, <laughs> this guy's awesome, right? And, and still yeah. be attached to him as a character. But with, with Kenny, I think it's been really interesting with him because even at his peak, even as, like, you know, the unquestioned best wrestler in the world, which was maybe like four or five years ago at this point. Yeah. I never really was, I was never really drawn to him as a character. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, even mm-hmm. as his personality, his personality traits, like, he's, who is he? What is he? He's a guy who likes video games. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, certainly, uh, yeah. I mean, there was a little bit of that. I used, I used to say about Marty Scroll. And he and he and he refined it a little bit, but kind of when he first became a national name, I used to say he looked like a he looked like a kid who like went to his grandpa's attic to get a wrestling <laughs> costume because he had like a hat and a fur coat and an umbrella and like some glasses, you know, whatever that funny bird mask sometimes, yeah. you know, whatever. Like it was like all these it was all these things that like you could see someone thinking were like pieces of an identity, but like what was the identity, right? right? And then and then he obviously for him it was the villain, and it was like sort of the sort of broadly defined comic book villain. And Ken, it's funny, it's like Kenny's matches ex- like are beyond compare, right? His New Japan top, like main event or uh, you know headliner matches are beyond compare. And then sometimes you like see a picture of him when he had like the long silver curly hair and like the leather jacket and sunglasses. And you're just like, you're like, you're a dude who's trying real hard to be a wrestler. But like, you miss the point that like when the bell rings, you already are the wrestler. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's, it's crazy. It's, it would be like getting your, like, it's almost like getting like like getting your hair shaved, get, like get, getting like the the bald Hulk Hogan bleach haircut just to be because you think that's going to get you over. Right. It's like no, it's the charisma, it's the end, like that. He's already over, you know. Right. I mean, it's, it's 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 it was sort of nuts. That's kind of but, that's definitely what separated Cody Rhodes from everybody else, right? Like, because Cody, yeah. Cody's obviously he's a lifer, you know. what I mean, he's 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 been he's grown up in in the wrestling business. And you could see, I could watch AEW and know everything Cody Rhodes is about within five mm-hmm. minutes. You know what I'm saying? Like, even down to his suits. Like, you got to be something. You know what I mean? Like, being a fantastic wrestler can only get you so far, right? And and I feel like FTR had a little bit of that going on when it when it, and, and it's kind of a reason why they may have split from WWE. Um, I mean, I could, I could, I can attest to it as personally with them, just knowing the the struggle that they've had to go through as far as like being able to, um, you know, get some things that they thought were great ideas on television, and I know they struggled with that. Um, mm-hmm. but it never took away from the fact that they were phenomenal wrestlers, right? Like, at the end of the day, when it comes to building a company and building these major multi-million dollar sports entities that WWE has become, they're built on the backs of personalities. Like, nobody can tell you The Rock's five moves of doom. Nobody can tell you Stone Cold's five yeah. moves of doom. Like, and I'm not comparing the Omegas and the, the FTRs of the world to like the biggest wrestling stars we ever had. But what I'm saying is what separates Cody from those guys is that he knows everything about you has to come pers- personality has to scream out first before yeah. the bell rings and yes he is that being said like cody is probably like the best male baby face in wrestling right now 
as far as being able to be in a, he's a white meat bleeding heart. I do this for my family. I do this for the love of wrestling and, and, and the, the, this company and you're all part of it. And it's like, it, it's our AEW. Like he is, if, if wrestling, if, if disappointed wrestling nerd fans were one guy <laughs> and had the ability to act on like the disappointment that they've had as wrestling fans, for the past 10 years, there would be Cody Rhodes. That's Cody. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Kenny Omega, I don't really know who he is. He's, he's a guy. He's a, he's a really good wrestler with like some really cool poses. <laughs> like that's really it. Yeah. Well, I just want to piggyback. I agree with everything you said about Omega. I want to piggyback off what you're saying about Cody just to say, he might be the most the most like perfect baby face right now, but when the heel turn comes, <laughs> like the the table the ta- the table is just set forever. It's set. It's set, man. I mean, and it's and it's gonna be so great when it happens. Um, let's see. We're recording this on Wednesday tonight. We got well, we got we're not gonna get Moxley. He he's not he, the the Moxley Brian Cage match has got postponed because of Moxley's potential COVID exposure. Uh, but we got Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy in what is somehow is like the great, the biggest match of all time. Um, let's see, we got the we got FTR and the Bucks against uh, the the Lucha Bros and and Butcher and the Blade. Butcher and the Blade are dudes who I love just without question because we share baldness, I think. But like, but they're but they're also great, and it's nice to see them actually kind of step it up. And it seems like they finally like got their got their big league legs or I don't even know what the right sports phrase is, but like they, they had it. Big boy pants they, on <laughs> they do. They got, they, they're kind of figuring it out. Yeah. All right. Before we move on, let's take a quick break. If you've been dealing with acne, redness, dark spots, or wrinkles, finding treatment that works can be complicated. You need skincare that actually performs, but getting started can be overwhelming. Thankfully, there's a solution. Roman makes it convenient to get customized prescription skincare that really performs. Just grab your phone or your computer, complete a free online consultation, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. If appropriate, a doctor will prescribe a custom blended treatment based on your skin type and priorities. You'll receive your custom skincare treatment with free two-day shipping. You'll also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor if you need to make a change to your treatment or have any questions at all. With Roman, there are no commitments, and you can cancel any time. Go to GetRoman.com slash Masked Man to try out a three-month supply of nightly defense for just $5. It's free to chat with the doctor, and your first order is just 5 bucks. That's GetRoman.com slash Masked Man. Eligibility requirements and additional terms apply. And now, back to the show. Over on NXT, we didn't really talk about last week, but uh, I mean, beyond the the main event, but... I like there's a little tension. I said the word tension before. There's a little tension that NXT gets every year and a half or so when we're trying to figure out what the what the promotion looks like mm-hmm. right now, you know, and and just seeing guys like Tim Thatcher, Tegan Knox obviously got the bump, which they've been trying to do that for three years or whatever. And then um Dexter Loomis. Like we don't like there's there's all these really interesting characters that we're not quite sure how seriously we're supposed to take them. Uh and that's sort of I mean, that in itself makes it fun to watch. Um the one person we know how seriously we're supposed to take him is Keith Lee, who is m- one of my favorite human beings alive. Mm. Uh, he's got he's going one on one with Adam Cole for in a winner take all match, uh, which is uh, appointment viewing as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that's what do, what do 
what do you what is your <laughs> uh we haven't even talked about i know we talked about keith lee last time you were on some i know but like what is like i can't i can't have a conversation with keith lee that doesn't involve me fantasy booking him in the wrestlemania main event uh of the in the you know next year but like what what is your what's your take on him and and, and jump in on anything else you want to talk about nxt when it comes to keith lee right I knew this is when I knew he was he was the guy, right? I mean, I always was a fan of him, but I was, you know, my fiance. I was watching NXT. I think the first or the second episode on the USA Network, and she always watches me watch wrestling, and she could, you know, she gets into it sometimes. Sometimes she doesn't, but she saw Keith Lee for the first time, and she said, "Who the fuck is that guy?" Right? <laughs> and anybody who can make a casual fan or a casual TV watcher say, who the F is that guy is special. And Keith Lee is special. Like, he is the guy that, if you watched uh, the Broken Skull Sessions with Mark Henry on on, on the WWE Network recently, something he said that was so, you know, poignant was Keith Lee has stepped up the heavyweight division throughout the entire wrestling industry because everybody mm-hmm. does what you do anytime you see him. You're like, you're just fantasy booking him with shit. It's like, oh my God, I want to see him with Brock. Oh my God, I want to see him with The Undertaker. Oh my God, I want to see him with, with, with Big Van Vader, Braun Strowman, like yeah. all these guys because for a long time, the, the super heavyweight has never really been taken seriously as a champion. I feel like Mark Henry might have been like a Hall of Pain era. Mark Henry might have been like yeah that w- that didn't last long though I mean that was a that was a I mean Mark is w- one of my favorites and one of my favorite people too yeah. but he's but like that was what five percent of his career was, I mean what I mean took, it's, it took a, it's a nickel to get there and once it finally got there it was great but it was all too short whether it's for injury or yeah. for whatever reason I mean if you count Brock Lesnar whatever but Brock Lesnar is not going to be the guy that's there every week Braun Strowman is just getting there but these are all guys that now you want to see. Keith Lee work with or or had mm-hmm. matches against because he just does things that no human being that big should be able to do. Um, that match and and all matches that he's been with, he's, he's. I still go back to Survivor Series this past year, and you don't get a lot of opportunities to make guys right. And mm-hmm. the moments that you get to make guys, usually if you don't follow up like right after. It's just a moment and it just kind of like flutters by. It's like, oh, remember that time? Like, yeah, like the, like the bald villains had a moment. Like, remember when the bald villains are popping? Like, oh, everybody yeah. gets a moment. If you don't capitalize on that, it's just a moment. With Keith Lee, after Survivor Series and after going one on one with Roman, immediately yep. you're like, I would watch that as the main event of WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. I would watch that as the main event of any pay per view. You know what I'm saying? Like, and. It kind of seems like, well, when you're going to make a guy, you, you do it right then. And they didn't do it right then. Like they gave him the, the NXT North American title and, the, you know, the, the coronavirus kind of slowed things down. And it got into a point where it's like, okay, well, we're not sure if he's like ready to be the guy yet. Adam Cole is still on this historic run. What do you do to make this guy's run mean more? All right. Well, he's going to end, hopefully end. A historic NXT title reign and be the first guy to hold both NXT singles titles, right? Now, yes. now you can put this dude, these two titles up against any world champion, right? Like not just 
because uh, you know, you're looking at Adam Cole and you look at you know Braun Strowman and 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 I guess Drew McIntyre and it's like, all right, that's the NXT. Like NXT is for like the workers and the small guys and you know like he, he doesn't hold like a serious threat to like a Drew McIntyre or a Braun Strowman. You see Keith Lee walking in there with two of those titles as the yeah. guy as the face of your company. You're like, damn, I'll. I'll yeah, this is this this is the dude. This is he can go one on one with anybody, and I'm a huge fan of his. I hope I hope tonight is the night for him. I know obviously people may have saw stuff on Instagram, but maybe I'm staying off. Yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not checking because you know that there can always be red herrings out there being thrown off or whatever. But that guy, he, win or lose, he's the guy. He's and he should be the guy going forward when it comes to NXT, and you know. He's just phenomenal, I agree. man. He's phenomenal. And and on top of that, I agree. like I said, personality is always first when it comes to people that are in, in WWE. And if you want to be a, be a guy who takes it to the next level, you got this big baritone voice who like sounds like Barry White and can sing and is hilarious and can talk and can do things that luchadors could do. Personality through yeah. the roof, work rate right through the roof. He should be the guy going forward for NXT. Yep, it's totally true. Um, and I think NXT. I mean, you can say NXT. I think he's he's the guy for the company, you know. And it's and and we, you know, it's he's he's not young, young, but he's got enough years left that there's no reason not to get behind him. They just got to go ahead and get behind him, you know. And it's nice to see. Yeah, I mean, you take everything with a grain of salt, everything you read. But, like, it's nice to see there's rumors today that Vince is high on Riddle because that means that, like, you know, he's still got he's still got an open mind to things that might appear to him for the first time, you know? I mean, who who knows? But, like, it's a... Uh, uh, I mean, I just think Keith Lee is... is He's got everything, and I cannot wait. I cannot believe that I've avoided spoilers. When I heard... I saw that spoilers existed... Uh, like you know, obliquely, and I just have been avoiding them ever since. Because so, you're, I mean, you're better men than me, I'll tell you that much. It's, listen, it's it's easier it's easy to do in COVID era because I can just like you know just not just close the computer and and go for a walk. You know, oh, yeah. have a have a beer on the sidewalk of Brooklyn. It's a pretty amazing world we live so in right we'll, now. The um, so if, if if Keith Lee and, and Adam Cole, uh, what's what's the main for uh, Fighter Fest? Is it Jericho Cassidy? Yeah, Jericho Cassidy. So I- they got. I mean, that's gonna. It's. I mean, Jericho Cassidy is a pretty big match. Like, it's a pretty big. But, but, you know, it'll it'll be interesting to see how the ratings line up. I don't really care about the ratings at any point. But I. But like, I. I'd be lying if I didn't say it wasn't like eyebrow raising when Sasha and Neo like like went like got beat AEW. Yeah. Right. I mean, because that was that's it's a big shift. It's a new that's news. Yeah. Um, it's trends. So I pay attention to trends. The ratings week to week doesn't really matter, but things that trend certain ways, those definitely yeah. matter. So we we got to get here before too long, but we did want to have one more thing to talk about. One of the matches that's on NXT tonight is uh, uh, Elegado de Fantasma, which is who have been who are just implicitly just the most one of the most interesting crews I've seen in a while. Yeah. I mean, just like total oh, Narcos ripoff, and I love it. <laughs> ah, it's so good. And then, but they're going up against. Brizongo or and and Drake Maverick and the reason why I bring this up is uh to neatly segue Drake Maverick was a guy who famously uh got fired during the last round of layoffs and won his job back in the cruiserweight tournament 
I guess there's some controversy as to whether or not it was always a work or whether, you know, they had already booked him. So they let him keep working kind of freelance and then ended up bringing him back full time. I guess that's what they're trying to tell us. And that's what there's no reason not to believe it. But it's particularly pertinent because on Monday Night Raw, we had a special appearance by none other than Heath Slater, who was also laid off in the last round, is definitely a free agent, has shirts to that effect and everything. And uh, and has been widely rumored to be on the next uh, I mean, to be showing up an impact soon. Um, and they had him come back to work a little gimmick with his former partner, Drew McIntyre right. uh, and and Drew McIntyre's all, uh, another of his former partners, who's now his foil, uh, Dolph Ziggler. Um, it was a fun little segment. He Slater cut a hell of a promo. He looks like he's gotten himself into some good shape. I'm excited to see what he does next. I feel like that's the but cycle, right? You get fired, you get jacked, you come back, you win the world title. <laughs> that's a 3 yeah. B cycle. <laughs> Dude, I mean, it's like, yes. I mean, it's like, and now we got everybody's putting on like COVID muscles and, uh, and you know, I mean, you worked... You were on the road a lot when you worked for WWE. Yes. You can probably speak. You can probably. Speak. I mean, every everybody's different. Some people are totally the opposite. But I think for a lot of people, it's just hard as hell to like keep any sort of regimen when you're like traveling five days a week. You know, in a weird way, um, the regimen on the road actually helped a lot, like staying in shape, right? Because oh, really? Yeah, you were doing the same thing every week. Like you, you would, yeah. you would go into town. You find a gym or use the hotel gym. You get your dinner. You go to sleep. You wake up. You go to Raw. You do Raw. You drive to the next town. You wake up for SmackDown. And the gym was either before the doors open or before you get to the arena. So being on the road uh, definitely helped probably like staying in shape. Um, but like, yeah, it, it's way easier to like not be in the gym like when you're at home doing nothing <laughs> and you're not <laughs> surrounded by like hulking men and women like every single day you know and yeah i guess it probably it probably helps a little bit when you like you go out in the hall and like everybody there's just like dude shirtless dudes walking around everybody like, jacked and your boss is jacked and you know his his son-in-law is jacked and the guys you're working with it like yes it'll definitely motivate you to get to get in the gym and work your ass off but um, um yeah i guess i guess when it comes to uh using actual talent that have been fired in storylines. Um granted I this is this is pro wrestling. So for me to put any sort of like ethic old high horse hat on, you know, oh my God, how can you use that for a storyline? Like they've used worse for storylines, right? And that being said, it does kind of make me feel a little queasy because people a lot of people we're very much fired. A lot of people very really didn't lose their job. And I was one of those people that watched, you know, the Cruiserweight tournament thinking like, right, is Bud really fired? Like, is, is this like, yeah. you know, what's, what's really going on? And, um, you know, maybe there's a part of, uh, you know, us coming back to sort of normal and maybe having fans in the stands for certain events that will hopefully mean that some of those talents will get work again and and that's I, it's all about to me man like, listen i'm a, i'm of two minds about this one i agree totally and on the other hand it's like i would i part of me wants to exist in a world where wwe was forced to fire these people permanently only because what a dick move it is to make millions <laughs> of dollars and to fire people just for the three months you don't need them or whatever you know Extremely i mean it's like that's even move. that's uh but but uh 
I don't know. I mean, listen, people get fired every year. People get fired, and we're, we're but but that's even succumbing to this sort of recency bias, where like WWE hires everybody and lays off like six dudes every every April or whatever, every May, and then and then, but like that's the history of wrestling is obviously, and this is setting aside all the nutso workers' rights issues at play when you call full time oh, employees yeah. independent contractors, yeah. but but putting that aside for a second, the history of wrestling is like you know people getting fired left and right. Most people don't even are working without contracts. Uh, and, and this kind of shit can happen. I mean, listen, we talk, we always talk about the attitude era. Cause it's, you know, everybody's favorite moment in time. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget that like Jim Ross cut a work shoot promo at one point where he said, Vince fired my ass because he got Bell's palsy. Right. I mean, this is, and that was a true thing that happened, <laughs> you know, really and then he came back and cut a promo about it. And this is like all those work shoot promos back then, were I mean that's what most of them were. It was like here's a, like you would get put someone to grab a mic and WCW is a 50-50 chance they're going to talk about Vince McMahon firing him, you know, and like how he didn't. And so, you know, I don't mind them using that. I think what's weird is I think it's almost it's weird if it's weird to see Drake get hired on because I mean get hired, get his job back whatever because you're right. So many people didn't. But also so many people didn't get the opportunity. And that's what's kind of queasy about it, right? It's like what it's almost worse if he's actually fighting for his job on TV in front of us. I mean, right? in many it's ways he is. In many ways yeah, if he this is. is if this is the Hunger Games, I don't know that we should feel that like that's some like great redemption tale, right? I mean, this is like no, this is disgusting. I I, I mean, listen. If if there Drake, was a point where those matches were going on and you looked on social and you looked on Twitter and saw absolutely no response to Drake Maverick winning matches in the Cruiserweight tournament, I guarantee you they wouldn't let him back in. The fact that is, like, he got that match off. He did the whole Wolf of Wall Street, I'm not fucking leaving speech after a match. And, you know, there was the whole, you know, EC3's helping him out with promos and Instagram stories, all this type of stuff. Like, if people didn't care, I don't think they would have brought him back. But the fact is, with him and with many other people, they really did lose their job. And yes, they didn't have an opportunity to be on TV to turn this into a storyline. Now, that also leads to the galaxy brain question to, well, was he ever really fired? Because <laughs> like, yeah. they announced him being in the tournament like a week before they had these massive layoffs. So when they were looking at the... the, the uh, against the pools of who was going to be in it. And we saw he was still in it and they were still going to let him work. We're like, all right, well, that's peculiar. That's different. And um, it's it's a little queasy, man. Like I, feel, like, I look at guys like that that are extremely talented. I look at guys like Leo Rush. I look at guys like the yep. Good Brothers. I look at guys like EC3, who like the Good Brothers were in the main event of night one of WrestleMania and were let go yeah. and didn't get an opportunity to, to win their job and not say that they even want it because their podcast is doing great. I'm sure they're heading back to Japan soon. But yeah, man, like it's, it's not the first time I watched the wrestling storyline and felt a little messed up and queasy about it. And I'm pretty sure it ain't going to be the last either. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is not, there's not an easy answer for this. And this obviously isn't the end of the world. Guys losing their jobs is a bigger deal than guys getting rehired. You know, guys getting like, you know, an appearance fee to show up and, and, put drew mcintyre over yeah but uh but but yeah i mean it's it's 
it's it's uh, it's not there's not an easy. I mean, listen, both of them made the decision to do it. All right. No one put a gun to Heath Slater's head and said, you're still under your 90 day non-compete. And if you don't show up, we're going to sue you. I, I promise that oh, didn't I'll happen. T- I'll tell you, you know? this, man, like just even back in the days when I was working there, there's dozens, dozens of towns back there that are just getting never used every single week. And if mm-hmm. I went up to them and handed them paper like, hey, we're going to need Braun Strowman to toss you. Up. Yes, let's do it. Great. Like. They don't care. They just want to get on TV. They just want to be you. Yeah. Like they're not at the. A lot of those guys, Heath Slater probably being one of them, isn't at the point to be like, oh man, like I'm not going to do that. That's not good for my character. Like a lot of those guys, yeah. are like dude, like use me for whatever, man. Just get me on TV. Like I just want to be used. You know. So. Yeah, and and both of the both Slater after one appearance and definitely and and definitely Drake are more over than they were three months ago. You know, I mean they're 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 better. I mean, it only took one shot to see he Slater cut a real promo, and you're just like, oh, okay, yeah. I mean, he's he's good, he's good, he's good at his job. Yeah, and um, and you know, it's I think for them it's a net positive, and it's it will be nice to see people get some jobs back and, and whatever. But for the meantime, I mean. I, I if I find it hard to get worked up over the morality of using guys who you just fired, hmm. whether or not you plan on rehiring them, I find it hard to get morally worked up about it. With, with everything else that's going on, not in the world, but I mean that too. But I guess, but it, everything that that's, that we've put up with in this business, and I'm not talking about again, not talking about the real life workers' rights, the backstage bullshit, anything like that. It's like no. This is, I mean, like people get on the mic and talk shit about each other's real life stuff all the time. Oh, you know, yo, I mean, this is like we've, we've people, people, like the very use dead, like Eddie Guerrero's death, using yes. like real life divorces, like Kurt Angle, that whole Karen Jarrett thing. Like they've used that on see Like there's been way more egregious things that we've every we've moment that you en- every moment that you enjoyed in like the 80s and 90s. Or people who were like so gassed up or like coked up that like you were you were contributing to their early death, right? I mean, yeah. like, like we're all complicit in this. <laughs> and and uh, there's blood on all of our and, hands, man. Yeah, and so it's like these guys got a shot. It actually is one of the th- those two things are two of the things that you're gonna remember coming out of the COVID. I mean, after the COVID era is over, right? I mean, it's like it's into they got fired because of this shit or partly because of this shit, and they got to make it make some noise because of it too. So you know. I don't know. We'll talk about it again, I'm sure, because it's not it's not an issue that's going away. But listen, as as all the people who are worked up about it, and there's nothing wrong with it about being upset, but all you who are upset about it, think about this. If when life resume if if heaven, if God willing, life resumes some sort of version of normalcy in a couple of months, and we're sitting here in, you know, October talking about a raw where everybody who got fired by WWE at the, at, at the in the spring of 2020 formed like a new faction and came and beat the shit out of Vince McMahon on television. <laughs> You're all going to be happy about that moment, well, that right? It's all, it, it will have all been worth it. Absolutely. So like, you know, just think about what you're thinking about the, the parameters here. Think about what we're talking about. And then, you know, we'll, but, but, and we'll get, we'll save our, we'll save our outrage for something that actually deserves it. I'm one thousand percent with you on that one, man. There's so many other things to get more worked up over than this, but yes, it's uh, if they if they form the 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 labor nexus in a couple of months, we'll all be happy that they, that we went through all they, this. They got to bring back the. You remember the union? The union? Like, yes. Uh, oh my gosh! I, I guess the corporation. Who's the big show? Yeah. And Mick Foley. 
Uh, and uh, Test, I think, was a part of that. One of the, Rest long, in peace. the long forgotten and, uh, factions of WWE. <laughs> uh, it's, one of, it's just in, incredible stuff. All right, well, I got to get out of here. I know you too. Thank you so much for doing this. Was actually, this is super fun. We'll this do this fun. again. We'll do this super soon. What do you want to plug on the way out the door? Oh, man, uh, check out my podcast, Stay Less With Kaz. Uh, you can listen to it anywhere on Spotify. Uh, you talked about Sasha on that show too this week. Yes, right? yes, we did talk about Sasha Banks, and uh, it was directly after the main event of Raw. So uh, seeing that match with Oscar, um, with Kyrie, Kyrie Sane, and yeah. Bailey and Oscar, just an incredible match there. But we also talked about our uh, Patrick Mahomes contract and uh, a whole lot of things. But sports, music, hip hop culture, check it out, David. I can't wait to do this again. Uh, let me know, man. I'm always here. Oh, we'll do it soon. Um, I think that's it for uh, this week. We had that was that was that was a lot of fun. Uh, we will be back here next week with results from nights two of Great American Bash and Fighter Fest, and probably a whole lot of other an extreme uh, rules. Hopefully, next week. Uh, oh, and ex- extreme rules. Yeah, yeah. the 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 uh, well, haunted house the, of the, horrors. The, the, <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely, and and not not the not the garden, the theater, the, the extreme rules. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So anyway, uh, apologies as always to Johnny Moxley, not just for his COVID exposure, but in general. We'll see you back here next week, humanoids. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on the Masked Man Show. 